years they're over and and they've actually been in the land fighting for about five years they've conquered many cities and now we have this account of this uh, amazing man the name of Caleb who comes to talk to Joshua about the land that God promised him in Joshua chapter 14 verses uh, 6 to 12 a delegation from the tribe of Judah led by Caleb the son of son of son of Jephna and the the Kenizzite came to Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb said to Joshua remember what the Lord said to Moses again this would be 45 years ago <laughs> remember what the Lord said to Moses the man of God about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea I was 40 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan I returned and gave an honest report but my brothers who went with me frightened the people for, uh, from entering the land, the, the, the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly follow, follow the Lord my God. So that day Moses solemnly promised me, the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive. And well, as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I'm 85 years old. I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can, I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. Wow. Well, we pray that as we uh, consider the direction that you are, your spirit is speaking to us, that you'll help us to take the examples that you're giving us, these lessons, Lord, from men who have walked before us, people who have, have lived before us, facing many of the same challenges that we do. Help us to see how you help them and see how your spirit is directing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. After Becky and I got serious in our relationship back in uh, the late 70s and, and we sensed that God was pleased to, uh, with us uh, pursuing marriage, we talked on occasion about growing old together. Of course, when you're, when you're in your, you know, your early 20s, it's hard to, you know, hard to imagine what that's going to look like you know, as, you, as you get old when that, when that day comes. But we used to talk about it occasionally, uh, what, what that would look like in order to honor the Lord. You know, because we thought about, we talked about things. How do we honor the Lord as a couple? How do we honor the Lord as a family, as a, as a, as a not only husband and wife, but then mom and, mom and dad? How do we honor the Lord, you know, when we're getting older? How do we honor the Lord when we are aged, you know, and all of those things? But um, <clears throat> it seemed like a long time away, like I said. And there was plenty to, plenty to distract us at the time from focusing on that theme very much. But, but like a whole lot of learning, there was a whole lot of learning how to love each other. <clears throat> truly love one another and rearing up to some kiddos who would uh, see the importance of pursuing um, the glory of God for their own lives. But, but we visited the subject occasionally through the years as we observed how other Christian senior couples grew old together and or as we watched widows or widowers, you know, how they made the adjustments in life, how they, how, what their attitudes were, uh, how their, what their faith, uh, what avenue their faith took. Um, 
Once our kids left the nest, so to speak, we realized that we had turned a corner. Yeah, we had turned the corner now. And we realized we really turned the corner on a, on a new road when our kids started looking at us differently too. They started looking at us differently. All, all of a sudden, they're gone. They're now paying their own bills. They're living a responsible life. And now they look at us as, I don't know, we haven't changed that much. But they looked at us differently. Um, I found out that when we would go on camping trips that, that they didn't expect me to carry as much of a load. It really had some perks to it here. I mean, it really did. I mean, uh, they'd make sure, you know, Dad, we don't want you carrying that. We'll carry this and all that. And I thought, well, I can carry it. It's okay. No, they, 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 were, gonna, they were taking care of me. Uh, <clears throat> they somehow looked at us like we weren't quite as spry as we used to be. And uh, um, although they said we still look pretty good. That's, that's what they've told us. You guys still look pretty good, especially Mom. <laughs> that's, that's, what they, that's what they would say. Um, the... Uh, um, I was at a wedding of a pastor friend a few years ago, and uh, uh, his name was, uh, I, um, the boy we were there for, the young man we were there for, his name was Joseph. Well, he has a younger brother named Noah, and we, I had not seen Noah yet at, at this wedding reception. And we had not seen them for a number of years. It had been a number of years since we, we had seen this family in Michigan. And so as I'm walking down a hallway to, um, I, there's Noah and I said hello Noah and he looks at me just with this blank look like who are you who are you and I mean Noah I mean I've been with Noah he, our families were together all the time when we lived in Michigan and I said Noah it's you know it's David Cox he said oh and he was like startled he was oh and Noah's that kind he's um, he's very honest if you want to know something he'll tell you okay he won't hold back and he said oh my goodness he said You've gotten old. <laughs> That's what he straight out did me, Becky. He just said it straight out. You've gotten old. He didn't say it to Becky, but he said it to me. Uh, he said, you've gotten old. So it is official. I guess I'm old or something. But uh, a year ago, last May, Becky and I took a special trip out west. We had planned this trip before COVID, but then COVID hit and we canceled it and postponed it. But uh, we were going to go for our 40th wedding anniversary, but we went on our 41st. And uh, it was just a great time, a grand time. We just loved it so much going out west. And it was uh, something that we had uh, never attempted bef uh, ever before. And it was just really amazing. But there's a group at the coffee shop in town that, uh, Becky and I, we go get coffee. There's a group of older folks older than us that sit at another table and they're always there's a group of them I mean it, it grows every day it seems like it grows bigger and bigger but um, it's a group of at least eight to eight to fifteen people there and they see us I'm not joining that group yet I'm, I'm sitting over here with my wife and so we're sitting at another table and they, they know us they know who I am and, and they always question me they said are you taking sermon notes are you getting sermon material I say yes I got plenty of sermon material this morning from you folks hearing you, hearing you gossip about things but um, they tell us this they said when they knew that we were going to go on a trip they said oh this is a good time for you guys to do that this is so good for you to do that because you're you're um, uh, how'd, they, how'd they put it? I, I, I wrote it down. They said, you're um, a, um, a youthfully, you're, you're youthfully old. That's what they said. You're youthfully old. They said, you don't want to try doing this in about, you know, 15 years or so. You know, you're, you do it now when you're in your early 60s or mid-60s. And said, do it now. 
because you're, uh, you know, uh, because if you wait, I mean, there'll come a time when it's going to be really hard to do, uh, like when you become uh, delicately old. <laughs> uh, and those kind of trips are kind of diff- difficult to do. Well, all we can do is listen to the people who have gone on before us, right? And say, okay, this is how, this is how you do it. And, uh, um, you know, I'm listening to you, you folks who are older than I am to know how to do it. Every season of life is different. Um, in my mind, I think I'm 35. But I know when I look in the mirror that I'm not. Yeah, um, in my mind, I still think I'm, thir- I'm, I'm thir- 35, but, in my, but when I look in the mirror, I, I know I'm not. Uh, seasons, uh, just as the seasons of the year change, you know, where if you ever notice in the seasons of, of the year, transitioning from one season to the next is usually not a smooth transition. There's, it's, it's, it's a bumpy road before, before fall becomes winter. And it's a bumpy road before winter finally becomes spring. You know, and then spring, summer, you know, it's just there's that transition point where there's, there's a struggle, uh, adjustments to be made. There's the days, there's some days that spring is here, spring's finally here, and then all of a sudden it's back down to, you know, it's back down to 30. You think, oh, what, what happened? You know, I thought spring, the calendar said spring was supposed to be here, but yet it's, it's cold today. Why, why is that? Um, there are these seasons of life, these struggles, um, trying to learn to adjust to new patterns of living and thinking. Becky and I have observed senior folks over the years because we knew we, this day was coming, and, and it, there's more, there are more probably observations to be made too. But, but uh, we've observed people over the years, those folks who've gone on before us, and. Um, those who have uh, provided us a healthy thinking and life pattern to follow that who continued to, to serve and exalt and honor and grow in Jesus. And I have to say there also have been those have we have learned that we don't want to be like. We've seen those couple or those seniors I should say, those those seniors who have become sour and rather negative. And uh, so show us, you know, what we definitely want to avoid. Um, some have shown us that you can continue to increase in the knowledge of Christ and see the Holy Spirit continue to sanctify you and mature your thinking and behavior. That even as a senior, you can learn something from the Bible. And that it can be something of a behavioral character issue where the Holy Spirit can say, I want you to repent of something that you didn't know about before. But Lord, I've walked with you for 50 years. Yes, I know. I know. There's something that I need to reveal to you about yourself. Wow. You think, but shouldn't I have learned that already? No. There's still things to be learned about the Lord and things to be learned um, that have His will for our lives, and especially as the seasons change, as they transition. Sometimes the transitioning time reveals those character flaws, those character weaknesses, those attitude problems, uh, a deficiency in thanksgiving. There's a, there can be a deficiency in a lot of things, and those transitions reveal that. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm still working on you. I'm still shaping you. I'm still honing you, if you let me. If you let me. Yeah. Um, there have been some who have been such good examples, you know, where Jesus just 
continues to become more real, more dear, more close, more, more, more sensed. Where Jesus is more sensed, his presence. I, you know, I, being around some people, you think you just sense the presence of Jesus around them. Um, Corey Tin Boom, uh, she's been dead for about three decades now, but Corey Tin Boom died when she was 91. And what a great example. Even the last many years of her aging life, she wanted Jesus to be seen more clearly in her life. She didn't want to seem like she had arrived. She said, I want to continue to see the joy of the Lord increase so that other people might see his joy in my face. <laughs> um, Billy Graham is, is, an, is, is, is another one, died at age 99. Br- Brother Andrew, remember God Smuggler, the guy that would smuggle Bibles into, the, into uh, communist com- countries uh, back when the Iron Curtain was an issue? Um, Brother Andrew just died in September. He was, well, he was 94. And uh, you can go on his website and just see how the Lord used him all the way up until just a few months ago in ministering to people. Amazing. Um, Elizabeth Elliot. Uh, one of Becky's favorite writers uh, died at age 88 but how influential she was to, to share with young people what the Lord had done in her life and the things she had learned from the word and, and, um, and the, the unique uh, way that uh, God used her to really influence younger women um, to walk with Jesus just really really beautiful before my dad's dementia slowly broke over him uh, through the years, he would call me up wherever I was pastoring at. He would call me up to check on me, see how he's doing. And, and I got to tell you, you can, Becky can tell you, a lot of times when he would call, it would not be a short call. He'd always call generally at, at night when I was finally home for, for, the, for the day. And he'd call and we'd talk. And usually we got into some sort of discussion about the Lord. I mean, it happened all the time, and I was, and pretty soon, two hours had passed, and it's, you know, 11 o'clock at night, and uh, time, to, time to hit the sack, you know, and, but, but Dad, he just, uh, he was just wanting to, even as he aged, he was wanting to, I want to know more about the Lord. What is the Lord doing in your life, David? What, what are you learning about Jesus that maybe you can add to mine? And I would, of course, he would add, 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 add to my, my life as well. Um, I used to ask his guidance. Now he looks to me when life gets confusing. Years ago when I was in my 20s, there was this character in the Old Testament that came to my knowledge and his example has been lodged in my mind ever since. Again, this has been when I was in in my 20s. I've thought about him many times over the years. He is one of the most uh, noble men of God during the 40 years of Israel's wandering in the wilderness on their way to freedom in 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 the promised land from slavery in Egypt. My grandson is named after him. <laughs> he was, again, one of those two faithful spies of the twelve, but we found, if you want to read about that account, I think I mentioned it before in Numbers 13 and 14. Um, he went into Canaan land to check it out, and, he, and he, he saw everything that everybody had seen, but ten of those spies, they through their unbelief, they called God a liar, and they didn't believe that they could conquer the land, even though God said that they would. The other two spies, again, Joshua and Caleb, they believed uh, that God would, could help them to invade Canaan and possess the land, but um, the other ten convinced the nation 
that it was impossible. Caleb is a, is a um, again, this man that I have been admiring all these years, these decades. Caleb means bold. That's what it means. And uh, he certainly lived up to his name. He, he believed God. Caleb was 40 years old when he and Joshua and those 10 other spies entered Canaan. And um, only Caleb and Joshua and their families would be allowed to enter the promised land. Moses, or God said, because of the unbelief of the nation, that uh, the spies had been spying out the land for 40 days. And he said, there'll be, you'll wander in the wilderness for 40 years, one year for each day. The spies were in the land. And until everyone who is 20 years and older dies outside of Joshua's family and Caleb's family. So you see that in Hebrew culture, a person wasn't considered an adult until they were 20 years old. So 20 years and above, God said, all the people who didn't believe me, they will die in the wilderness. They are not, I'm not going to let them go into the promised land. Yes, they saw me deliver them from Egypt. They saw the, they saw the plagues, the, the miracles that I, that I provided. They saw my power. They saw the, the pillar of fire at night. They saw the cloud by day that led the whole nation. They, they saw the parting of the Red Sea. They saw all these miraculous things, the manna from heaven. They saw all these miraculous things that God gave them. And they said, yet they did not believe I could help them enter the land. So therefore, they will not get to go in. And so God pronounced that judgment upon them. And he said, everyone 20 years and older will not enter the promised land. And until they, until they are all dead, we, we won't move forward. Except Caleb and Joshua's families, they were permitted. They were permitted. Wow. After these 40 years... All that unbelieving generation finally died and Moses was buried, the Bible says, by God and God selected Joshua as leader and he and all Israel entered Canaan and there's just a lot of other wonderful things just in that, in that particular event that, that took place at the Jordan River. But what they did, they began conquering, conquering cities one after another. I got to think about Caleb and how that, what it must have been like to wait. To wait. He's 40 years old. God said, uh, you're going to get to be in the promised land and whatever, wherever you went during this spying trip, that's going to be your territory. And um, I thought, man, can you imagine Caleb waiting? 10 years pass. 20 years pass. He starts seeing his neighbors die. His neighbors are dying. Who knows? They might be dying of sickness. They might die of old age. They might have died from accidents. Oh, one thing we do know, those 10 original spies, they died immediately from, from a plague. So we watch Caleb. He's just watching the years pass. And can't you just see him coming up on 35 years? <laughs> We're getting close. We're getting close. And finally that 40th year comes and all of that previous generation was dead except for Joshua's family and Caleb's. And now it's time to go into the land. And they begin conquering city after city. They began at Jericho. After five years, after five years of war and conquering city after city, they had conquered cities in the north. They had, regained, they had gained a lot of territory. They conquered cities in the south and the east of Canaan. Um, but not everywhere. Not everywhere was conquered yet. 
um, you know, after five years, and probably it took six to seven years to finally for Israel to get established, uh, what historians think. But Caleb had, had um, you know, he, he's, he wanted, uh, you know, he, he told uh, um, Joshua that, that Moses had told him that he could have this land that was in the hill country where the, the um, Anakim lived. And they lived in large cities with uh, large walls. They were like giants. They were very fierce. They were large-framed people. Um, so big that they, people felt like, wow, we're, a little, we're small compared to you. And they were, they were fierce people. And here Caleb is saying, you know, that's my land. That's, where, that's what Moses promised me. And I want to go there. I want to go there and conquer that with my family. So Caleb here at the age of 85, he approaches Joshua and says, let me have that land and uh, that hill country. And uh, there are four things here. He said, you know, the Lord promised me this 45 years ago. And there's four things I'd like for us to quickly look at Caleb. Four things to admire about Caleb. First of all, at 85 years of age, the Bible says that he wholeheartedly had lived a lifestyle of following the Lord. Wholeheartedly. We see that in Numbers 13 and 14. We see where he, he wholeheartedly followed the Lord. He's still wholeheartedly following the Lord now. After 45 years. That, that really says something to me. He didn't get stuck. He didn't get stuck in, in, a, in a pattern of boredom or a pattern of, of just uh, same old, same old. Uh, and Caleb was, he was following the Lord wholeheartedly. Um, Joshua 14.9, we, we recognize that, that most blessed people are those who have wholeheartedly given themselves over to something. Um, I guess that's the question as we get older. Will we, will we wholly give ourselves over to f- continuing to follow the Lord? Uh, he loved God steadfastly even in the midst of uh, what appeared to be uh, quite a challenge there. I mean, he's 85 and, and the giants are still there and the, and the task of conquering them is still there. So Caleb is, uh, he was saying, let me do it. Let me, let me go. The Lord promised me. And that was, that's another thing here. That uh, uh, he held on to God's promise. Caleb, in his, at 85 years of age, held on to God's promises. Boy, that's something that's been really hitting my mind a lot lately. Is that Caleb knew what God promised. And he held on to that. And expected God to fully give it to him. All the territory that he had spied out in the hill country would, would belong to him someday. Can you imagine him thinking about it all those years? That's where we're going to live. That's where my tribe, that, that my, my family is going to live. He was from the tribe of Judah. That's where Judah is going to live. Um, so here's, here's, here is a challenge. Grow, uh, growing in your understanding of God's promises that you belong, um, that, that actually belong to you in Jesus. What are the promises that belong to you in Jesus? What is Jesus? accomplished for you that you're supposed to have do, do you know what they are you know that uh, do we know what the promises of God are for our life that's a it's a good thing to just simply begin looking for those studying those say God what are your promises to me do am I holding on to your promises in my life 
There's all kinds of promises. Of course, there's the, there's the promise of salvation. There's a promise of, of sanctification. There's, a, there's a, a promise of guidance. There's all kinds of promises that God provides for us in Christ Jesus. Caleb also, uh, even though he was 85, he continued to pursue the Lord. That's amazing to me. He, I mean, he knew a lot. He had a lot of knowledge, and yet it wasn't adequate. He wanted to know more. He wanted to pursue the Lord. At 85, he was out leading the fight, um, not just against any foe, but against the Anakim. Uh, again, they, these physically strong, overwhelming people. And um, this is how God wants us, love wants to be in our spiritual life as we advance in our years, growing older. But listen to this, never weaker Growing older, but never weaker in Jesus. Growing older, but more mature. More mature. <laughs> in fact, Caleb, he actually, when you read this section, we read this scripture, he wants to fight. He wants to fight. He, he could have asked for an easy place. Give me an easy place to live, Joshua. But he knows that these foes, they've got to be faced. They have to be figured out. And uh, he figures that we may as well, uh, he, I may as well be the one to, to lead the family. Uh, that, that direction. He doesn't leave the work to someone else. Though he, he could have done that, especially at his age. But what, what special crisis is in need of your attention in your family? What special crisis is in need of attention in your family? We all have them. We all have crises in our family. What special crisis needs your attention in your family? Take the bull by the horns and say, Lord, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight in faith to see this changed in your, in your wisdom. Ask God to show you one thing that you could pray about. Ask God to show you one thing you could sacrifice for or give to. You know, it's like, it's like that starfish on the beach that needs to be picked up and thrown back in the water. What is one thing in your family you could do to say, I need, Lord, what could, how could you use me? This has been going on long enough. How can you use me to change something for your glory in my family? Give me wisdom not to be a, you know, a jerk and seeing you use me to accomplish your glory. Amen? The last thing, we, he, uh, whoops, let me get here. He, uh, he learned to be bold. He learned to be bold in the Lord. I, I, I appreciate about Cole, uh, Caleb here, his spiritual boldness. It's a good example to me. I, um, a, you know, Abraham, uh, Abraham had it when he asked the Lord to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that? He kept asking God. He kept kind of whittling God's number down till he, you know, he said, would, would you save the city for 50 and then for 40, 30? And he finally gets down what? To 10. That's bold to keep challenging God to, to save a city for the sake of 10 righteous. Jacob had it when he wrestled with, 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 with the Lord and he, he refused to let the Lord go until God blessed him. Job had it as he suffered through confusion and turmoil. Loved ones, all of God's people need to develop this characteristic of boldness in their life. Not rudeness. It's not, it's not being rude. It's not pr presumption. But to be bold means to know what is good in God and to be determined to seek God's goodness until you receive what He's promised. Just to keep hanging on there and being bold saying, God, we must see you change the situation. Um, we are encouraged over and over in the scriptures to seek the Lord boldly. Uh, I 
I'd like, well, we don't have time to look at this, but in Matthew 15, we have the example of that pagan woman who comes to Jesus. Jesus is in Gentile territory, and um, that pagan woman comes to him and says, my daughter is demon-possessed. Would you please heal her? And he really gives her kind of a hard time. And he just kind of, because he knows what she needs. She know, he knows what she needs to become more bold and to work in, in what she needs in her character. And Jesus works that out in her character where her faith is so determined that she won't let go of Jesus. She said, well, you know, Jesus kind of gives her all these reasons why she, he can't help her. And then she said, but Lord, even, even the, you know, she, he gave the, the last, she said, even the little dogs underneath the table of the master get crumbs. And he said, lady, lady, your faith is so strong. He had developed her faith, helped her to develop her faith into a boldness. And he answered her prayer. Yeah. Boldness is that characteristic that appears when we want to, to um, want good um, ground to be gained in the Lord for those that we love. Let me just quickly, remember the Hebrew um, that's actually 4, not 44, okay? He, he, Hebrews 4 here. So then, since we have a great high priest we have in, who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we may receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Amen. Let me just close here with a few thoughts for you. Here, uh, there's a poem, and you know this poem. I've uh, read it a few times to you over, over the years that I've been with you. Uh, but it's one of my favorites. It just is my favorite, probably my favorite poem. Um, Art Linkletter uh, wrote it. And it's actually a poem that I actually, uh, I actually say this to the Lord these days when I'm, when I'm worshiping Him. When I when I talk to him, I, uh, I will say to him sometimes this little poem. Say, Lord, I never want to be what I want to be because there's always something out there yet for me. Lord, I get a kick out of living in the here and now, but I never want to feel, Lord, that I know the best way how. There's always one hill higher, God, I know with a better view. Something waiting you want me to learn that I never knew. Oh God, until my days are over, never fully fill my cup. Please let me go on growing. Up. Jane Gamble of the Oklahomian paper wrote this about the dangers or the problem of getting older. She said this. She said, just because you're growing older doesn't mean you're maturing. Ouch. <laughs> Growing old is, is not a choice, but growing up is. <laughs> Age is, is a physical process that is unavoidable, she says. Maturing is a spiritual process that is, that is optional, if you want it to be. Spiritual maturity isn't limited to a certain age. I know older people who haven't grown up and some young folks who show amazing maturity. So whether you're 18 or 87, if you live another 12 months, you will turn a year older. The idea is to grow up by receiving the grace to change effectively. The Reverend Norman Neves identified the signs of spiritual maturity in this way. Are you becoming less cynical and more hopeful? 
Are you a more loving person today than you were 10 years ago? Have you pretty well overcome resentments in your life, bitterness and hostilities, saying ugly things about other people and gossiping, being on the defensive all the time? Are you a much more enjoyable person to be around than maybe you were some years ago? (laughs) Wow. Whoa. Those are some pretty heavy questions, aren't they? But I think it has a lot to do with our attitude, doesn't it, Lord? That we need to keep on growing up. Amen? So, to boldly go where the Lord provides. Amen? I hope, loved ones, that um, who knows what the Lord's going to use, how the Lord's going to use us here at Mount Hope. You know, most churches are in the same condition and predicament that we're in. We need some lighter hair around, not whiter hair. We need some younger hair, don't we? Amen. We need some younger hair. We need people saved. We need people to turn to Jesus in this culture that is, uh, that is so going the direction of anti-godness and, and, un- and ungodliness and unholiness. And uh, the Lord's aware of it and we're aware of it too. And we say, Lord, this is our situation along with <laughs> many, many, the vast majority of congregations in America. So Lord, help us to be like Caleb. Not ready to just sit down and do nothing and wait till we die. But Lord, help us to do something. Make us bold. Help us to be bold. That's what I'm praying. Lord, make me bold. Help me to keep growing up. Help me to keep learning new things in Jesus. Help me to become more more, uh, lovingly vocal about my faith and uh, being willing to at least, if I got the strength, to put myself where a need is. Where a need is that maybe God can touch someone's life. Amen. I hope you want the same thing. Because otherwise, it's pretty bleak, isn't it? Let's pray. Father, thank you so very, very much for your loving kindness to us. That word kind means so much to me. Where would, we, where would we be if you were not kind? Powerful word. That reaches way down in the depths of a weary soul and a discouraged heart and turns our face toward hope, changes us, encourages us to stand up, to get up out of the mud or get up out of discouragement and take your hand and begin walking with you, listening to you, obeying you, finding great joy in you. Thank you for being kind to us. Lord, we pray that as, uh, as we find ourselves in these days, in this country, in this spiritual climate that we're in, I pray that we will not acclimate to the coolness of the culture, but that we will sizzle. That we will sizzle in the faith, in our, in our faith in Jesus, that we will be, Lord, like some of these ones who have gone before us, that we will be faithful and bold, and we will be loving and good, and we will be alive, not, 
not worn out to the we're and ill and irrelevant, but we'll be alive and speaking, Lord, to the deepest needs that people have. But our culture tries to touch their needs. They're, it's all surface stuff. It's all nothing. It's going to lead them to nowhere. Help us to speak to the deepest needs of their life. Help us to minister to the deepest needs that will, that will gift them to eternity with you. Help us, oh God, I pray, to be like Caleb. To be, to be bold, to hold on to your promises. Lord, to, to uh, wholeheartedly follow you. To pursue you with all of our hearts. Oh, I pray, God, with all my heart that that is our passion today. That we will be slow to criticize other people. We'll be very for, for just very patient and very very kind like you are to us. That we will bear with one another. That we won't uh, be too harsh, too mean to each other. But that we will just uh, be the kind of people who treat one another like we want to be treated. Like Jesus said. In your name we pray these things. And if you can say amen, would you say amen with me today? Amen. Let's stand up. And thank you so much for your kind attention. And Lord bless you so richly. And uh, encourage one another. Shake each other's hands. Encourage and, and, uh, encourage and just pray for each other. All right? Thank you.